You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Grab a seat. It's awesome to be together. It's great to be back in our regular uh, space. Great to be back at our regular time and location. We had a couple weeks doing different things. We had Women's Day two weeks ago. Who was at Women's Day? I know there were some brothers there too. It feels like more than two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. That was an awesome time. Uh, I've gotten to go to Women's Day for about 20 years now, even though I'm a man. I'm not a woman. But uh, I get to be behind the scenes. It's a lot of fun. It was really inspiring, really emphasized the value of relationships and connection. And I hope that you remember some of the things that you learned from that time together, those of you who were there, how much you need relationships on your spiritual journey. And then last week we were at uh, the park for Harvest Fest. Who was there? That was an awesome time. I had a great costume picked out, uh, but when I put it on, I was like, this is going to be too distracting for worship. So I I didn't do it, but maybe next time. But, uh, but yeah, we, I'll, I'll reveal it sometime. I'll reveal it. Okay, so we are uh, starting a new series today, as the Winklers mentioned, called This Is Us. Uh, the clicker is... The clicker is always... We bought a new clicker, but it's been on back order forever because of the supply chain stuff. There we go. Oh, there, it's now we're working. All right, called This Is Us. Um, you know, Megan and I were, were talking about this. Megan does our artwork, and... and uh, she tried a few different artwork things, and, and um, she was like, I hated all of them, so I don't know if you have any ideas. And I was like, well, I'll just see what the TV show has. And she was like, she texted back, she's like, TV show? <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's a TV show called This Is Us. She was like, oh, I, I forgot that, LOL. And I was like, yeah, I think that's only Gen X and Up that watch that show, maybe. I don't know. My wife is hooked on it. She loves it. I have never seen it, but I, I see her crying, and I'm like, I don't need that. I've got enough drama <laughs> in my life. Um, but we're talking about who we are and why we do what we do and, and, and who we are as a church here at South Bay and then who we are, our connections around the world. Because if you're new to the congregation, we're part of a, a fellowship around the world and, and really important connections around the world. So we're going to be talking about that over the next three weeks. Uh, today is talking about you know, South Bay and why we're together as South Bay. And and with all of these weeks, we're really talking about who we are as a collection of individuals. This is us. God sees us not just as individuals. Now, it's amazing that God sees us as individuals at all. Uh, Diane read a great scripture this morning for our our huddle up with the worship team about uh, where Jeremiah says uh, to God, before you formed me, or God says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I set you apart. That's an amazing thought that God knew you, you personally, before you were in the womb. But it doesn't stop there. Like, God wants us to connect with each other. God designed us to be a part of something. And all of us yearn to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're in the church or not, we all yearn to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And we, we, we feel that when we're maybe a part of a, a, an effective sports team or those of you who've served in the military, or, or if you feel like you, you're part of a really great team at your work, there's something about you, it's a deep thing to feel like I'm a part of something bigger that's making a difference. And, uh, and so that's what, what we're talking about is, is the difference we can make together. The difference we can make together. Kind of building on, on Wednesday that idea of we are more together than we are alone. And so today we're talking about uh, on the first day, and I'll read a scripture where that comes from, 
what, what church is all about. Uh, it, it's it's uh, in Acts 20. It says, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. Now, I don't know what time they started. <laughs> well, I'll read you something else that says, often the early, the first century Christians, they met before daybreak. So I don't know if they started like before daybreak, he went all day, and then he kept going till midnight. That is one long church service. But, uh, but, but this was the custom that they would come together every day on the first day of the week to break bread. That's a, a, a term the Bible uses for having communion, sharing communion together. And we're going to talk more about that. Um, you might know, Dustin and I, we've served in the ministry for about 22 years, and we got to take a ministry sabbatical this year. So we got to take three months and just focus on resting, reflection, renewal, reading, time with God and just kind of re regenerating and just trying to pray about what does God want for us the next decade. Just a lot of time of reflection and prayer. It was not a vacation. It was like intentional. Uh, but one of the things that we were told is you're not allowed to come here on Sundays. And uh, yeah, somebody said, oh, somebody likes this, you know. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it, it's because we, we just were so, we've been here so long and we, you know, we've been in this space for like 30 years, uh, you know, uh, because we, we, before we were even in the ministry, we were part of a, a church that met here in this very space on Sunday nights. And so, uh, you know, there, there's just so much that we think about everything that needs to be done. And so, so, so we took time and we went to, we went to church in Riverside. We went to church in Long Beach at the Long Beach these are our kind of sister congregations. We went to church. I can't even remember where else. Uh, a few different places. Um, Riverside, Long Beach, Westside. We went to Westside with Marshall one time. That was fun. Uh, but even there, you know, people know us and they want to talk to us. What are you doing here? Why are you here? You know, because people know us from, from the ministry and from my music and stuff. And, and so then it's almost like it, it, it wasn't really working. You know? So, so we, we, we started watching the live stream like all of you guys did for a year and a half. We didn't do that because we had church out of our house for a year and a half out of our garage. So we never did that couch church thing that a lot of you guys did. So we started doing couch church. And uh, I got to be honest, um, we would watch this service. We'd watch Denver. We would usually do like three a Sunday because we felt a little guilty. So we're like, we're going to do three a Sunday, you know, not really. But. but I just enjoyed it. I'm watching the Denver church. I'm watching, you know, stuff in San Francisco, other places. But, um, but, but one of the things that I kind of liked it, you know what I mean? I kind of liked having my breakfast, sitting on the couch. And uh, we started to like, go to Botanic Gardens in the morning, and we would watch the live. Now, don't, I know I'm giving you all you guys ideas. That's, this is, leads me to my point. Um, but we're at Botanic. We're watching the live stream at Botanic. We're doing a hike and then watching the live stream and worshiping God in the trees. I'm like, this is really cool. But you know what? After a little bit, it's like there's something missing. Like it's not, I'm, I miss these people. And as I would watch, I was like, man, I love, when I would watch your guys' service, I'm like, I love those people. And then you're like looking at this, after the service ends, you see, or before it starts, you see people walk in front of that camera right there. You're like, oh, there's Elaine. Oh, oh, you know, there's, there, there's, there's so-and-so. You're seeing people you know, and you're like, oh, this is, because I, I missed you guys. You know what I mean? And there's something about just being together. I know there's some people that, you know, there's, thank God for the live stream, you know, and there's times that people are, are traveling for work or they're uh, immunocompromised or, or, or they're sick or whatever, and, and so they can connect that way. But it's still, there's something about being together in the same space and at the same time that, man, I really, I was like, I miss this. I love this. And, and so that's, that's what we're talking about, about why, why are we even here? 
what's the purpose of even being here? Um, the, we're going to talk about three things. Worship, word, and table. Worship, word, and table. Uh, I'll tell you one more story. Uh, we, when we were together with uh, some brothers planning a, um, a sermon series, uh, well, what we were doing was getting together to plan kind of the sermon series for the year. And we used to, we'd sometimes go up in the mountains, take a day or two, stay in a little cabin. There was a place that would let ministers stay there for free or really cheap, so that was pretty cool. They don't do it anymore. It's a bummer, but... Uh, but so we're, we're sitting there, and the plan is we've got to plan all of our worship series for the year. Like, what sermons are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? We're praying. We're asking God. And one of the brothers who was new, he was kind of a young minister uh, doing campus ministry, and he goes, he kind of stopped the process. And he's like, I just want to ask, why do we do Sunday church? Like, why do we come together on Sunday? What's the point of Sunday? And it was funny because we're like, that's a good question. And part of it was like, you're stopping what we're trying to do here. Like, can you shut up, youngster? You know what I mean? There's part of us. It's like, but then it's like, oh, that's a really good question. Like, why are we even here? Like, what is that? And I don't know if you think about that, but when I was uh, on sabbatical and I'm at Botana Gardens or I'm on a hike, there's people everywhere that don't go to church. You know, it's, our culture has really changed. A lot of people don't go to church anymore. And as you invite people even to this fellowship, it, it's become like a thing that, well, my church is the trees, or my church is the, the ocean, or my church is this, or my church. So why do we even come together? And so that's what we're talking about today is these, these three reasons that I think are really important that you don't get from just being out with the trees. And one is collective worship. It's worshiping together. And so when God was establishing his people, when he was making a people set apart for himself, when he called them out of Egypt and gave them a new identity, said you're no longer slaves where all your identity is is how many bricks you can make and what you can do for Pharaoh. Now I'm giving you an identity that you belong to me. You're my treasured, special possession. He calls them out of Egypt and he gives them this identity. And that's our identity as the church. We're grafted in to that story. We're a part of that story. But one of the important things that he did is he gives them these, he calls them appointed times. Leviticus 23. Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, Yahweh's appointed times, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations, my appointed times are these. Now, Yahweh, you might have not heard that before. It's translated Lord with all caps in most English translations. But it's the name of God, Yahweh. He gives the people his very name, which means Yahweh means I am or I like I exist. I, it's an already a given. Like God, it's, it's like his name defines who he is. He existed before time and space. He is the, the ultimate foundation of reality, is God himself. Like the ultimate foundation. It's pretty philosophical. It's pretty deep. It's a pretty cool name. And he says, I want you to have my name, and you're going to carry my name to the nations. By, through you, all nations will know me. So he gives them this responsibility of carrying his name to the nations. But a point, an important part of that was having these appointed times. It's translated, appointed times. The, the, the Hebrew word, it, it gives us this idea of a, of a meeting place, but in time. Like a meeting space, but in time. And so they had the physical meeting space, the tabernacle, and then they had the, the, the time-oriented meeting space, which was these festivals that they would do, and the Sabbath every weekend. And so this is an idea of what, that we inherit that we are meeting in a certain time and a certain place. Uh, here's what Jesus said about this. So this becomes a debate because they, they, God's established place was Jerusalem. But when the kingdom of God splits and you have the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom is worried, oh, no, they're, they're going to still go to Jerusalem to worship and then we're going to lose people. 
So let's make our own temple. Let's make our own holy space. And they do that outside of God's will. And, and they make the, their own altar up north. And so people start worshiping God in this alternative place. And that's what becomes, over time, the Samaritans. The Samaritans are conquered. The northern kingdom's conquered by the Assyrians, but there's still some people who are left. And they, they believe that that was their space. The Jews believed it was in Jerusalem. And so when, when Jesus, we know the story probably in, in, uh, in, in, in um, John 4, where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. You guys remember this story? Uh, some of you do. If you don't, John 4, read it. It's a great story. Um, so Jesus is talking to this woman. She's a Samaritan woman. Normally Jews and Samaritans don't even talk to each other. But Jesus is talking to her, uh, starts up a conversation with her. And, and as he's kind of exposing some realities of her life, she says this. Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. She's talking about the northern kingdom. Uh, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. That's the, the Judah kingdom. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, but a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. So Jesus says there's a time coming and it's now come. I'm here as the fulfillment of the ages, the fulfillment of the Messiah, all the promises to Judah and Jerusalem. I am here to bring you this new era, this new kingdom where it's not about... That, 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 physical time, that physical place and even though that, that physical space was just a foreshadowing of this new reality where we worship in spirit and in truth. So when we gather, worship is super important. Truth is really important that we're here. We're here for the purpose of worship. And that helps frame your thinking when you come into this space. Because it's easy, and myself included, it's easy to come into this place going, okay, I wonder if it's going to be good today or lame or I wonder who's speaking or... I don't really like that song. I hope they have a song I like, because I didn't like either, any of those songs so far. You know what I mean? Oh, Betty's not singing today? Should we stay? I mean, like... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We can kind of be in this, this mentality of, of what am I getting out of it, instead of like, I'm here to give. Like, who can I... First of all, I'm here to give to God. I want to give God my worship. I'm here to express to God. Like the team up here, we're not here to entertain. We're not putting on a show. It's not a concert. We're here just to help you. I mean, we could do it without any of this up here. Maybe some Sunday we will sometime soon. Just like just Calvin's leading songs from right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but we could do that. Like that's the point, right? That's the point. It's it's. You guys are the choir. It's us calling on God and praising God and lifting up our voices to God. To God. Uh, Jesus says, wherever two or more gather in my name, there I am with them. Do you really believe that? That Jesus is here with us when, as we join in worship for the purpose of worship. We set aside this time. And it should be a sacrifice. Like when you see people going to the park or going to, to, to golf or going to Botanic Gardens and you're setting aside this time like, it should feel like, oh, I could be doing these other things, but I want to set this time up because God, I love God, and I love Jesus, and I want to honor Jesus, and I want to just honor him with my presence and my voice and singing songs to him and hearing his word. Uh, there's, a, there's an old description of the early church. This dates from about 100, about 100 A.D., so it's real early. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's communication from the Roman governor of the province of Pontus and Bithynia in Asia Minor, so it's modern Turkey. He is writing to the emperor, Trajan, 
And he's talking about the Christian practice. And he says, this is what he says. This is a quote from a guy who doesn't believe in Jesus, but he's talking about the Christians. He says, here's what they do. Quote, on the appointed day, they had been accustomed to meet before daybreak and to recite hymns antiphonally, or antiphonally, I'm not sure which way you say that, antiphonally to Christ as a God. So, so he's saying, here's, here's what we know about the Christians. They, they get together before daybreak and they sing songs. Antiphonally is a fancy word. I mean, that's obviously a translation. But what it means is call or response. So just like Ben was doing that song where he sings and we sing it. I got a home. I got a crown. I got a love. Won't let me down. Yeah, you've just sung antiphonally. You know, that's singing antiphonally. So that's what they were doing in the early church. I think that's so cool. You know what I mean? That 2,000 years ago, they get together. Now it was, it was early because a lot of them worked on Sundays. Uh, thank God we're not meeting before day gra- daybreak. Uh, we have done it before on Easter or whatever. But, but we're still doing that. That's why we come together on the first day of the week. Why? Because it's the day Jesus rose from the dead. And so with Jesus raising from the dead... He brings about a new reality. He brings about a new creation. And with this new reality, it's like he's, it's like the, it's not the first day of the week. It's also the eighth day of the week because it's a new reality. It's a new creation. It's a new era has dawned. Jesus says the time is coming and has now come. So the kingdom of God in a way is already here, but also in a way it's not yet. Right, because we see the world is messed up. We see the problems we see, and it seems like it gets worse. It always feels like this is the worst time ever, you know? Every generation feels like that. Uh, Satan is ruling. There's all these things happening. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. There's floods and fires and earthquakes and all this stuff. And, and, and so we're looking forward to the renewed heaven and the new earth. And that's what, that's what worship is all about, is, is entering that space now. Like, we're with God, and we're worshiping, and we're looking forward to that future reality. Okay, i got to move on. Second thing is word. We come together to gather around the word. So again, when, when God established his people, there was this understanding that his words were to be listened to. Shema. The, the Shema is, is I want to hear. I want to hear you, God. I want to really listen. Listen, listen to my words, God says. And those words are life. In the book of Genesis, the story of creation in, in the, the account in Genesis 1, there are 10 words spoken by God. And those word, the word of God is what created the world. And as Christians, we believe the word of God became flesh and is the person of Christ. Like God's word, his logos, his reasoning, it becomes this human being. And now he's the ultimate revelation. But I love this quote in, in Deuteronomy 32. When, when Moses is speaking God's word to the people, he says, these are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So we are people here in the South Bay Church. We really value the scriptures. Like we read the scriptures on our own. We try to live by them. You know, sometimes you, when you get into the Bible studies with somebody who's has a somewhat marginal Christian background, and we start talking about it, you see, you see this sense of realization. They're like, oh, wait, so you guys actually do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, so when the Bible talks about sexual purity, you're like really trying to live that out. Wow, that's kind of radical. You know, or when the Bible talks about these, you know, these examples of being willing to die for your faith, oh, I see that that's really a commitment that Jesus actually expects. 
wow, that's kind of another level. You know, like we're t- hospitality, having people in your homes, and, and like being Christians that are with each other throughout the week, not just on Sunday. Like the, in the Bible, the church, they didn't even have church buildings, right? So the church was not a building that you go to. And it wasn't even like this event that you attend. It's this family that you belong to is the church. It's the family that you belong to. And then, but that church has a custom of, yeah, we come together at these appointed times. And they come together to hear the word of God. The word of God, uh, it, it sustains us like manna in the morning. It sustains us like God gave the manna. Even in that story about manna, he says, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. As Deuteronomy 8, where he's talking about manna. That manna was there to remind us. We need God's word every day, like sustenance. Uh, and so our, our doctrine should be shaped by the word. Like Jesus said this in uh, John 12. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. I like that part. Ooh, I don't like being judged. <laughs> right? Jesus says, I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. That's who Jesus came to. He came to show us the way to God. However, he just says this caveat. There is a judge, though, for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. Ooh. You know what I mean? That's like the scary part. Like, Jesus' words are valuable. They're important. Like, that's the standard by which the world will be judged. And so we got to gather around the word and being people of the word, being true to the word of God is so much more important than anything else when it comes to what we teach as a church and who we are as a church. And so our culture, like here in South Bay Church, we're part of a long tradition called the Restoration Movement, Restoration History. If you want to like read about it or look on YouTube, just put in Restoration Movement or Stone Campbell Movement. Or, that's what we're a part of. And that movement started with the ideal of calling people out of denominational Christianity to just go by the Bible. Because the word, Christianity had become so much about traditions and creeds and all these other stuff. It kind of built up over time that were not true to the text. And there was a lot of things happening in the church or about the church that were not even, like, like even the Bible was even against, you know? And so they're like, let's just be, so they had some slogans. Like they had a slogan, where the Bible speaks, we speak. Where the Bible's silent, we're silent. Meaning like, let's just pick our battles with what the Bible talks about. If the Bible doesn't talk about it, then let's not pick a battle there. You know, that's a matter of opinion. So there's a lot of stuff we do in our church that isn't exactly in the scripture because what's well, a different cultural time and space, Right? They, like I said, they didn't have church buildings. They didn't have microphones. They didn't have pianos. They didn't have guitars. They didn't have all these, these iPhones and a giant cool screen. But it's not like this is wrong. It's just as long as it's framed by the text, right? as long as the, the Bible is, is our standard. They had another uh, saying in, in the early restoration movement, we're Christians only, but not the only Christians. In other words, like, we're not just, we're not, I'm not, I'm not this kind of Christian or that, I'm Catholic, or I'm a first Presbyterian, second this, and what, you know, like, I'm just a Christian. Like, I'm just a, a disciple of Jesus. That's, I love that, you know, that idea of, like, let's, let's not have all these labels and stuff. Let's just return to the, the, the scriptures. And, and so I just think that is so cool. And, and, and so even in churches today, there's things that are in churches today, like, like, for example, how you become a Christian. I don't have time to really get into this, but there's a normal teaching where, okay, I want to respond to God's grace. And so you respond to God's grace by, okay, repeat this prayer after me. Okay, you just repeated that prayer. Okay, now you're a Christian. But th- the problem is that prayer and that, that, that evolved over time as kind of an overreaction to Catholic, Catholicism and, uh, and, and, and worrying about baptism being a work. 
And so there's this, this practice that's not in the Bible. You never see an example of someone become a Christian in the Bible that way. And so we're, we're the restoration movement saw that and they're like, okay, well, people seem like they get baptized in the Bible. And it seems like it's, that's the point where their sins are washed away, according to all these scriptures. So let's do that. So that's what we're trying to do in our church. Again, not like fight. We don't want to fight people about doctrine. We don't want to be judgmental about people. We just want to point to the scriptures and then you make your own decision. But that's why we're a, a church where doctrine is important, where we, we care what the church did and what the church said and what the Bible says. And, and, and we need to talk about it in a way that's respectful. Because what can happen is, uh, you know, we can maybe have different uh, viewpoints of what we think it's saying. And, and so it's not always clean. You know, like if you have one person that has power, like if I am the grand poopah, you know, up here. <laughs> and I just, here is what the Bible says. And you just accept it. That's very clean. That's very easy. That's very simple. But that's not really what the early church did. You know, they, they wrestled over these things. And, and so it's messy, right? Because I'm reading this verse, and here's what I think it means, and you're reading it, you say, well, here's what I think it means. But in community, and with the Holy Spirit leading us, the prayer is that we, we can work it out. As long as we stay humble, and as long as we stay loving towards each other, and we keep the ethic of Christianity. Because what happens in the story of the church is, first of all, you get power come in and empire come in when it becomes established, and then that messes up the church. And then you also have people stop, stop dealing with the Bible, and so then it becomes opinions. And then you have people like where they're fighting over doctrine to the point that, we're going to talk about communion next, people were killing each other over what communion means excommunicating each other, and literally having people killed because they thought a certain thing about what communion is. Is it the actual body and blood of Jesus, or is it just like represent the body and blood of Jesus? Like, which is it? If it's actual blood of Jesus, are you sure? Like, what if we cut it apart? Well, it's not the actual in that way, but it's the actual in another way. You know what I mean? Like fighting over these things and to the point that people are killing each other. What does God think about that? Do you know what I mean? You're just completely missing what Jesus said. To love each other as I have loved you and I gave up my life for you. And here we're killing each other over doctrine. Uh, or baptism. I mean, the Anabaptists saw that you need to be immersed. And so they would immerse people. And the, and, and the established church sprinkled infants. And so they're, the Anabaptists, oh, you want to be baptized? Here you go. And they would drown them to kill them. And, and, and even worse, they would they would drown them by pulling them behind a boat until they died. Like, this is what our church history is, you know what I mean? Like, God, help us and forgive us. And let us be people of, of peace. And let us be people who follow the way of Jesus, but being true to the word. And so there is a wrestling match there. Okay, I want to do something that's a little different before we talk about the last passage. Um, this is not something you normally do in church, so if you're a visitor... If you're a guest, um, don't feel inclined that you have to do this. Um, you're going to come up here and confess your sin. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. No, we're going to, um, what I want to do for, for five minutes or so is just break up into two or three two, three, or four, and just share with somebody else something that you ha are learning from the Bible. Like some, a verse that you like, a verse that means something to you. I sent you guys a, an email about this. Some of you probably read it. Some of you didn't. 
you know, hopefully you have a passage that you like or you read recently or whatever. But here's the reason is, I, I again want to emphasize, we are people of the word. So you come in with the word to share, not just like to hear the word I, like I'm doing. It should be a conversation that we have, but a conversation that you have with each other about how the word is forming you. And so, uh, so when I say ready, break, we're just going to, whoever's around you, you know, two or three, again, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to share anything. There's no pressure. But I just want to have that feeling of we're sharing the text with each other. We're sharing scripture with each other just for about three, four, five minutes. And then I'll call us back together. So again, what we're sharing is uh, a scripture that maybe is meaningful in your life right now. Maybe it's like, this is your all-time favorite verse. Maybe it's just something that you just read on your, on your phone this morning. Uh, maybe it's something that you're wrestling with. I don't understand this verse, and I, I want to try to figure it out. Because that's a very uh, ancient Jewish thing, to try to wrestle with text that doesn't make any sense to you. But let's just take five minutes and, and share with each other some, uh, some passages of Scripture. Amen? Ready? Break. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, uh, let me get your attention back again. So, hey, uh, the good news, guys, is uh, we got all day. After this is over, we got all day. So if you didn't finish sharing, please, as soon as we break, do finish your sharing. Like, that's what this should be, this time together, right? It should be sharing what we're learning, sharing about Scripture, sharing how Scripture is forming us, and that helps us to be formed like, more like Christ. Uh, who would like to share something that someone else shared, not what you shared, but what they shared? Who would, who would like to share something someone else shared? We'll just have a couple people. Hopefully you were thinking not just what you were sharing, but also what they were sharing. Lynn. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. Anybody else? Yeah, David. Yeah, you know, the ancients, uh, amen. 
There's this ancient idea that God gave us two books, the book of his word and the book of his creation. And so there, there is a lot to learn from creation. And I think we are people of the book, but we should also be people of of the creation story. And, and I think living in California, there's a lot of people around us. They're really good at listening to that second book. And that second book is awesome. I mean, you see God, you see, they not, might not even know it's God. You see Jesus, Je through Jesus, everything was made. And so it's kind of like Paul in Athens going, wow, there's, there, you guys have a lot of idols. Let me just tell you what this is all about. Let me give you, let me fill that out for you. I think as, as the South Bay Church, that's something we can do in our community is like people who love nature, amen. Like I want to show, I want you to be able to hear from that God that made that. Like he revealed him, he spoke in culture and in time and in language to people. And, and, and so we can, we can now know him. We can know him through this text. So, so having both books, that's really great. Anybody else? Something to share with Kendall. Yeah. Uh, Andy shared um, basically the scripture, like the thief comes to kill and destroy, but I've come to give you life and give it to the full. And we all kind of talked about how kind of growing up in the church, it felt restrictive, right? That like mm. church was something that was going to take time away from Amen. Awesome. Let's have one more. Yeah. Maureen. should give us freedom. That's a great verse. Amen. Well, that, that was awesome. Uh, and the goal, uh, the goal of, of, of our time together as we gather around the word, we gather to worship, we gather around the word, it's to be formed more and more like Christ and to, to let the word shape us and to, to change our thinking and to renewed way of mind. The last thing I want to talk about is table. And uh, I want to give you three terms that Christians use for communion, or the Lord's Supper, Eucharist. These are three interchangeable terms and you might, depending on kind of your religious background, your religious baggage, one, or, one, of, the, one of those, you might be like, oh, I don't like that, or yeah, I like this one, or, you know. But there's something that each one of us kind of gives us, and I want to give you the kind of historical background and the scripture behind each one. So the first one is the Lord's Supper. This is what I typically heard when I was growing up in the Church of Christ was called the Lord's Supper. And that's from this passage, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty. It says, so then when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. And he continues to say, you're not doing it right. And so actually, all three of these passages are from the same conversation. In Corinth, so they would come together. The, the communion or Lord's Supper was a meal. And it was to remember what Jesus had done when he, with his disciples in the upper room, the night of his betrayal, they were celebrating Passover. And he took two elements of the Passover. The Passover has a lot of different elements to it. But he took two of those, the bread and the wine. And he said, I want you now to do this in remembrance of me. When you eat this bread, this is my body, which is given for you. When you drink this cup, it's my blood, which is poured out for you. So I want you to do this. So that's why we call it the Lord's Supper. And that's the, the, the scripture it comes from. And there's attestation to that term being used really early in the, in the, in the church. And even here, this is written in about uh, the 50s, the, the original 50s, when Paul was writing. 
uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, calling it the Lord's Supper. And, and so it's a time of gathering around the table, uh, metaphorically gathering around the table. The church I grew up in uh, even had a table down here. And, and I love that imagery of like, we're around a family table. Uh, I don't know if you grew up around a family table, if that was part of your tradition, you know, in your family. I remember getting advice from an older couple when Jameson was uh, just getting to be like two years old or something. We, we, we didn't even have a table because we were married five years before Jameson came along. Uh, and, and we would, uh, you know, I would get off work like 7, 7.30, and we would watch Seinfeld while we ate. You know, I mean, that was because the reruns were on then. That, we'd sit on the couch, watch Seinfeld, and it's just that we had a long day, and that was our, and then we'd go out and do whatever we were going to do for the night, but that was family dinner for us. And so I remember this older couple being like, you really need to get a table. You really need to, like, and you need to, to, to teach Jameson, you know, to sit around the table, turn off the TV, and, and, you know, talk to each other. And at first I was a little resistant to it because I like my Seinfeld tradition. <laughs> Jameson is just now discovering Seinfeld, you know, and, and so now he, like, He'll watch them, and he'll get me to watch them with him. I'm like, yeah, I remember every one of these. But as a minister, I can't necessarily condone everything that's on Seinfeld. But, uh, but anyway, so, so we did that. And, and it was amazing how, how valuable that time became, you know, as, as we added Marshall and added Cora. And we, you know, when we would have those family dinners, just there's something about sitting around the table and looking at each other's faces. It's all the intangibles, you know, and so sometimes when, when, when we have some kind of gathering of, of the church, like a, like a Bible talk leaders meeting or something, people will be like, well, just send me the information. Just send me the, the whatever it is, just send me the email, you know, of, of what, your, what information needs to be conveyed. And, and part of me is like, that's not the point. Like, yeah, there's information to be conveyed, but it's just being together and sitting around and looking at each other. Like, that's the point, right? It's just being together. And, and, I, and so that's why it's so important that this is a, a, a meal that we have. When we have communion, that's what we're doing. We're coming to the table together for the Lord's Supper. Another uh, term that was used in the early church is the Eucharist. Eucharist is, uh, the, the, it's kind of an Englishization, Englishization of the, the Greek word for giving thanks or thanksgiving. Uh, and this is the verse it's from. Uh, it's the same conversation Paul is having with the Corinthians uh, he says, For I received from the Lord was what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, as I mentioned with that last verse, which was just right before this, what they were doing was having this meal, but some people would like pig out, like they would hit the buffet line early and then there'd be none left for the people that came late and somebody would get drunk and somebody wouldn't even get any wine, you know, and it was just, their, their mindset wasn't like, this is a community and, and what this is about is giving thanks. And so he says, uh, he reminds them that Jesus went, this is what he modeled for us. He took the bread and he gave thanks. And, and that's Eucharista. That's the, the, the Greek word in this passage, giving thanks. And so calling it Thanksgiving, calling this meal Thanksgiving meal, or calling it the Eucharist, uh, is really early. It's, it's in the, there's, a, there's a book called the Didache, which is an early Christian book. It's not inspired scripture, but it's like a practical kind of church manual. You know how in our fam, family of churches, we might have other, other things we use, like the Disciples' Handbook or the First 40 Days or these other kind of tools that have scriptures in them. That's what the Didache was. And it was written in the first century, late first century. 
and it calls it the Eucharist, Eucharistia, in, in, in the Didache. So it's very, very early. Uh, and, and then, obviously, the, as I mentioned earlier, there becomes these debates about the Eucharist and the nature of, of communion and all that. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. But I love that idea that it's giving thanks. Like, this is a moment to stop and give thanks. As we take the bread and we take the cup, we should stop and pause and give thanks. Have that spiritual posture of, I'm here to thank you, God, for what you've done for me. Uh, the last uh, word that we use most of all is uh, in this church, it seems like, is communion. And that started, that actually, I was surprised that didn't start real early. That isn't until the Protestant Reformation. And I think it's probably tried to, because they were trying to have these arguments about uh, the Eucharist and what it is, they kind of used this word, communion, um, starting uh, 500 years ago or so. But it's from this word, in the same conversation, 1 Corinthians 10, Paul says, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks, that's Eucharistia, a participation in the blood of Christ. And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ. So that word translated participation is koinonia, uh, which is also communion. That's where we get the word communion from. It's a commonality. It's, it's, it's doing something together. It's something that we're joining in. Participation. It's, we're part of something. So I love that, that we are part of something. It reminds us that we are part of the body of Christ. And so uh, what Paul is arguing in this passage is just like we're one body, we're one body of Christ, we all share in the one body of Christ. When we, when we take communion, when we take the Lord's Supper, uh, we're, we're participating, and we are one diverse body. And God sees all our differences, and God loves all our differences. And, and to, to him, the diversity is so beautiful. And even the, the new reality we point to is one where there is no uh, Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, we're all one in Christ Jesus. So even there's unity and beautiful diversity. And that's something that I love about our church. Like communion should be a celebration of this koinonia, this diverse fellowship that we're a part of. And we, we learn and we love our differences. On that note, just talking about our differences, this is a total side note, asterisk. I, I want to apologize for uh, some of the content that we went through in Compass Financial. It was written a long time ago, you can tell, by some of the finances. And it was written from this framework that's kind of like a Bible belt. Uh, you know, the guy always works, the woman always stays home, and it's marriage and it's children. So if you're like a single parent, or if you, if, if you were offended in any way by that, I just want to apologize. Like, that was not our, our intention is just to give you tools to help with your financial finances, but I could see where some of that might have made you feel excluded or different or other, and that is not at all our intention. Like, we so value you. Amen? Uh, it makes me want to cry because I love you. So, I feel, um, feel horrible that some people were hurt by that, but that's not our intention as, the, as a church leadership. Like, we really want to equip you. And so, you know, if, if that made you feel different, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. All right. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Here's what I can do. So uh, before, before we take communion, before we share this meal together, uh, Kyung is going to come up and share. We had a conversation uh, just a little bit ago where he was talking about, we're just talking about church. I like talking with Kyung because we kind of think the same about a lot of stuff. And so it's always fun to talk to somebody who thinks the same as you, you know. <laughs> It's good to talk to people who think different as well. Um, but he was just talking about how much he values coming together and coming together to worship. And so he's going to share a couple thoughts about that and then pray for our communion together. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll have a song after a little bit.
share about what worship means. So I'm a rambler, so I had to write it down. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to read it to you. Uh, this one scripture that really speaks to me to Psalms chapter 23, verse 233. It says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And to me, uh, that's what it means to worship. So for those who uh, don't know me, um, my name is Kyung. So as of last August, I've been a Christian for 30 years. So uh, it was uh, just great uh, uh, milestone for me. Now, last 30 years, uh, being here on Sunday has meant many, many things, right? So when I got baptized, uh, I grew up in the church. When I got baptized, my thing was, okay, you know what? I know one thing I know how to do, which is the duty of a Christian, go to Sunday church service. <laughs> so I always went, and, you know, when I was younger, it was fun. Um, I got to meet with my friends, we ate, hung out, all those things, and those things that I really enjoyed more than anything else. Now, the life kind of goes on, I got married, um, started working, long hours, uh, having a family, raising a child. I still went to Sunday service, but it wasn't as fun as before, <laughs> because you're tired, but I know that the duty of a Christian was go to Sunday service. So I still went. Now, throughout times, I go, man, I'm getting really bored. It's not fun. So I said, let's try some different things. And my wife is great at it. So what I did was, you know what? Kind of, you know, rebellious or even desperation. I go, okay, you know what? I'm going to take maybe once every three months. I'm going to do what uh, Brian talked about. I'm going to, you know, take a drive. I'm not going to go to church, church, but I'm going to be with God. So I've tried different things, right? I take a drive, I go to the beach, I go to the mountain, and then pray. Or during the, uh, the pandemic, right? So I go, okay, we're not meeting, but I'm going to call you know, a few of my best friends. We're going to meet every other week. And it was great. And all those things were great. But after all these years, there's always one thing that I feel like I'm coming back to, is that this is something special because I cannot replicate the feeling of worshiping together. And I mean, even this morning, for some reason, just like reading through the scriptures, praying this morning, when I was praying, um, I was telling Hernina uh, 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 this morning, some uh, sisters, that when I, got, when I was a, a single and when I was a campus, my nickname was a Stone Cold. <laughs> because <laughs> people go, how are you feel about being a Christian? I go, you don't need to feel anything. You just need to do, right? <laughs> so, and I, that's how I was raised. So, but now the fact that just singing is making me teary-eyes go, what, what's happening to me? <laughs> I don't understand. But that's the point is that Psalms 23, verse 23, it reminds me that God makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. I'm getting, <laughs> Brian, what's happening to me? <laughs> and <laughs> he refreshes my soul. And there's nothing better than that when I come to Sunday service. So I just want to share with you this is what it means for me to worship God. So let's pray. God, uh, thank you so much for this morning that we are sitting in your pasture and we are sitting beside quiet waters to calm our souls down so that we can enjoy the fellowship that we can enjoy the grace that you have given us 
God, please, as we take the bread and juice, please help us remember who we are before you, that we are, we are your children. God, thank you so much for this time, for the family, the times that we can be together and worship you together. Thank you, everything, Prince, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.